Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Elite Beat, your source for all the AEW news, reviews, and previews. I'm Andy. Sitting next to me here in our lovely loft is Jenny. Hello. And 115 miles to our southwest, it's Megan. Yo. Guys, there's so much to talk about. What a crazy day. Like, I feel like a week's worth of wrestling news happened today. Uh, but before we get into any of it, we have to do the Elite Beat Pop of the Week. This week, I am popping a skinny girl margarita. Unfortunately, there's no noise, though. Yeah. I've already poured it. Right. Jiggle the ice. Okay. Jiggle the ice. Yeah. Not that much ice in there, Megan. Let's be honest. I heard the clink. I'm going <laughs> to count it. I have a Diet Coke. I'm going to open it with a crack. All right. Megan, how about you? I have a, a new bourbon. It's New England Barrel Company small batch bourbon. It's cute because it has a little, like, um, ship steering wheel. Mm. Oh. That, there's a word for that. I feel it's... The uh, captain's wheel? Ship's wheel? Yeah, ship's wheel. <laughs> ship yeah. steering wheel, if you will. Yeah. Um, so here we go. Let's see if this makes any noise. Oh. Oh, the um, cute the boat that's being used on below deck down under this season is a refurbished like 1900s fishing boat, Ooh. and you do steer it from a little tiny ship's wheel. That is like, so fun. Like when mm-hmm. they let Dwight steer the ship on the office even though he clearly wasn't because modern ships do not do that. I like the idea of, yeah, this wheel turns the whole boat. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's pretty cool. That is cool. So what do you guys want to start with? You want to start with, you want to start with a big media rights deal? Uh-huh. Does that sound interesting? Sure. Okay. So this is a little bit out of our normal purview, but it may point the way forward uh, for AEW. So I'm going to just read from Ian Carey's story on WrestlingObserver.com earlier today. Uh, WWE and NBC Universal have reached an agreement for SmackDown to return to the USA Network. TKO Group Holdings and NBC, which is, by the way, guys, TKO Group Holdings is now the company name of the uh, UFC WWE conglomerate. Oh. Interesting. Like Tony Khan? Like technical knockout. Mm. Uh, TKO Group Holdings and NBC announced today that they have agreed to a five-year domestic media rights partnership for the show that will begin in October of 2024. The partnership also involves four specials a year to air on NBC and primetime. Oh. Um, Although financial terms were not disclosed, the Wall Street Journal wrote, people familiar with the pact valued it at roughly $1.4 billion, which is about a 40% increase over the deal WWE had with Fox. Well, that's insane. Yes. How uh, does how do they have that kind of money? Who? Universal. Well, so... Is it because Peacock is doing so well? Because of all the Bravo <laughs> content? You're single-handedly perching them up. Uh, Mark Shapiro, uh, or Shapiro, maybe, I don't know if he's a Shapiro or Shapiro, 
Uh, president of TKO Group Holdings told The Hollywood Reporter earlier this month that the deal is expected to meet market expectations. Um, the rights to WWE Raw and WWE NXT are not part of the deal. WWE noted in today's announcement that WWE Monday Night Raw and WWE NXT will continue to air on USA Network through September 2024. However, uh, uh, NBC Universal could still be in the running to retain the shows. Although I read something else that said that is unlikely. It's 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 likely that Raw and NXT would be going elsewhere. Um, Wait, why did why did Universal want SmackDown so bad? But is willing to give up Raw and NXT. I don't know. I'm not sure what the wisdom of this was. It, like it's it's because it's like if you're getting it because you feel that it's the the biggest brand, it's only the biggest brand because it airs on a network, right? Not because it's like the better show. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that doesn't make any sense to me. But um, maybe they will keep Raw. I don't know. But I know last time around they felt like they only had the money to to bid on bid for one of them interesting i'm wondering what that just feels yeah because like you said it is the only the biggest one because it's on a network yeah the hollywood reporter wrote that the market for the rights to raw is extremely active while deadline writes that a number of players are said to be circling raw um so anyway yeah so that starts fall of 24 Mm. Feels like a long time from now, but it's definitely it not. Is long time, but you gotta you gotta get those deals like, lined up. Yeah, well that feels short time for this type of stuff. Jenny, who's dealt in the world of mergers and acquisitions, knows uh, how long these things take to come together. She's staring off. You can see her brain working, where she's just like doing the accountant math on this. Like, mm-hmm, I wonder what's going on behind the scenes, and she, you you know all the like regulatory sorts of things that go into it no no so jenny uh as someone who does work in that world uh you will probably not be surprised to learn that the wwe stock or the tko stock actually went down upon this announcement uh you know it seems like a great great way to start the day you know the financial day hey we just signed a new 1.4 billion dollar deal but uh you know, for various reasons that can cause your stock to drop, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, people feeling that it's like, this is the peak. People feeling like, uh, like, oh, that's actually disappointing. Like, there's all kinds of reasons, right? Yeah. So what do you do to combat that? Well, if you're, if you're uh, Endeavor, <laughs> WWE's parent company, you release a lot of talent. Um, oh, cost-cutting measures. You, you use cost-cutting measures to see if you can make that stock price point back the other direction by the end of the day. Um, wow. So. <laughs> Andy, have we had a big uh, roster release recently? I know there was a period of time there near the pandemic when it was like every other week, but it, it feels like it's been a pretty <laughs> I think long time. Again, technically it was quarterly right around the time of their like earnings releases. Yeah. Oh. And, but it did, it did stop for a long time, and uh, I I am not surprised they had 100 office layoffs last Friday. Um, or not layoffs, but, you know. Um, and or Restructuring. Yes, yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, like, it's horrible and it's corporate, but I do understand when two companies merge, you have a lot of redundancies. That is true. Um, 
So they, they had room to eliminate a lot of jobs. Uh, and they did. Uh, they About 100 of them. Uh, and then now uh, it's the talent's turn to uh, take a haircut. And uh, I don't know. I don't know if today was like the end of it or, you know, how, how much more there will be. But uh, Fightful has a list of all of the, the folks. And I just thought, you know, as we always do, and it is a little bit ghoulish. But as we always do in these situations, we uh, we go through the list and we, we talk about, hey, maybe maybe this person might fit in with AEW in some way. Sure. So let's do that, because we certainly did that a lot in 2020. We haven't done this in a while. This this makes me feel like we should be around the condo's kitchen table <laughs> yeah. talking I'm to a, Megan. I'm a little scared that the NXT names are going to be people I've, like, they're going to be so wacky and weird, and I'm going to have no idea who they are. Okay, let's let's begin. Um, I think this might be in chronological order, which is fine. Uh, so the article starts, uh, WWE has begun making post-merger talent cuts. Mustafa Ali was the first talent to break the news as he took to social media on September 21st to reveal that he is no longer working with the company. Uh, Ali started with WWE since 2016, where he made his debut in the Cruiserweight Classic Tournament. Throughout his tenure with the company, Ali wrestled on Raw, SmackDown, 205 Live, and most recently, NXT. So, Jenny, I'm guessing you have no idea who Mustafa Ali is. I feel like I've heard the name, but I have no idea who he is. Okay. Megan, you've seen some Mustafa Ali? Yes. 205 Live? Uh, yeah, and I think I saw at least a little bit of him on the main roster. Because he has the MK, like, light up, you know, scorpion oh, mask yeah. or whatever, right? I forgot about that. Yeah, I think we he wrestled on a WrestleMania or something. Yeah, I, yeah, I know I've seen him since he left 205 Live. <laughs> I haven't seen him in a long time. I remember him as a good high flyer. Um, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know. The thing about AEW's roster is it's very because they don't cut anybody, so they just like <laughs> you know they wait for contracts. Just the contract. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they're very. They have a lot of talent on that roster right now. So I just, yeah, I don't know. Like he's, he's good, but, and I could definitely see him getting a chance, but yeah, I don't know. He's I not remember, like a big star. I remember him being such a sweet boy. So this colors my opinion. Yeah, he's very, he does seem like a very nice guy. Yeah. Even though, I, you know, AC, ACAB, but uh, he seems like a nice guy. Well, yeah, <laughs> look, it's rough. Um, but that part, but he, from his podcast interviews, you know, if if you've got to have a a cop, then I guess you'd want him. He seems great. But yeah, I'd say bring him over. Um, for the same reason that you said he probably wouldn't need to come over. Uh, I was like, oh look, you can come play with a bunch of people that like know your style and do your style. Uh, which I guess is just as much of a disqualifier as it is um a reason to bring him over. But I would be happy to see him. If only as like a guest spot, just to kind of get it get a Tony tryout, you know. Yeah. Uh, next up, Emma also took to social media to share the news of her release on September twenty first. After I can't return- believe they cut her daughter. I know. <laughs> After returning to WWE in the fall of twenty twenty two, Emma competed in a handful of singles matches on SmackDown main event and Raw. Emma last wrestled for the company on the July tenth episode of Raw, losing to Shayna Baszler. So what you'll find is a lot of these people were not, they were not doing a hell of a lot with mm-hmm. lately, which seems like it's a good way to yeah. find yourself on this list. Yeah. I mean, Didn't, why? What, 
but didn't you send us a picture of a tweet Emma made about being in the elimination elimination chamber and then the I, like I think it was it was more she was reacting to the fact that Elimination Chamber is going to be in Perth. Oh, okay. How cool she thinks that is, and I'm sure she assumed she would be on that show <laughs> as as a local talent. Never mind. Okay. I actually, thought, I actually thought her reaction to it was pretty funny. Oh, I did too. I just thought it was like a super burn to be like, I tweeted this. Uh, oops, guess I'm not gonna be there. Yeah. Yeah, I always liked Emma. Um, I know Jenny never liked Emma. No. But I always liked Emma. I liked the I liked the ditzy Emma dance, and I even liked like the kind of like the heel Emma, uh, the later heel Emma. So I don't know. I'd be fine with with Emma doing some stuff in AEW. Yeah, I'm not against. I haven't seen her do anything, or I guess I haven't seen her run since her first firing. Yeah. So then she got rehired, and now she's it fired again. Much, it wasn't much. It wasn't much. Yeah, as oh, far as okay. I can tell. Okay. Rick Boogs has also been let go from WWE. Boogs, real name Eric Bugenhagen, made his debut for the company in 2017 on the NXT brand. In 2021, Boogs moved to the SmackDown brand, where he was paired with Shinsuke Nakamura. Boogs last wrestled for WWE at the SummerSlam pay-per-view, where he competed in the Slim Jim Battle Royal. Did they officially shorten his name to Boogs? Yes, they did. Rick Boogs. Um, I remember <laughs> okay. when we watched the NXT episode where Eric Bugenhagen uh, wrestled. I don't even remember who he wrestled, but it was he. He kept like he kept air guitaring and like playing the ropes like he was playing keyboards. Mm-hmm. And Megan, you and I were wildly entertained, and Jason hated him. That's what I remember about Eric Bugenhagen. <laughs> Yes, 100%. That is my memory. Jason seemed like he was pissed off that Boogs was there, and we were like, this guy rules. What are you talking about? I have no idea who he I can't. I can't for the life of me remember who he was wrestling, but anyway, it's, it's not so important. Um, I, I don't really see... I don't know if he, like... I don't really know if he's any good or not, honestly. Like, he could join the Dark Order. <laughs> sure, yeah, they're, they're, in, they're in recruiting mode, right? Yeah. I like just let him go be comical because yes, like you said, we don't actually know if he's a good wrestler. We know he's really good at air guitar. Yeah, Aaliyah was also revealed her release on social media. Aaliyah signed with WWE in 2015 and spent nearly six years in NXT before being drafted to SmackDown in 2021. Aaliyah last wrestled on the September 12, 2022 episode of Raw where she and Raquel Rodriguez lost the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship to Damage Control, EO Sky, and Dakota Kai. So you have with Aaliyah a person who spent six years in developmental, and then they didn't use it all for the last year she was employed. Yeah, I, I think, don't... <laughs> think she's probably done. Yeah. It's a pretty sweet gig, though, really, if you're, if you're making main roster money and then they weren't making you come to work for the last year. Mm-hmm. As I tell both of you every day, <laughs> I would love to be in the position where someone pays me to not work. Yeah. So true. But her greatest I, role. I, I, unfortunately, I think those days in WWE may be over. Mm, well, she got a year of it. Yeah. But her greatest role was Breaking Ground. That was where Aaliyah shined. And that was also where I was like, she's definitely getting fired. That was maybe year one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Elias was also released. Uh, Elias joined the NXT roster in 2014 before making the jump to the Monday Night Raw brand in 2017. 
During his time on the main roster, he would work with such names as Seth Rollins, Shane McMahon, Roman Reigns, John Cena, and more. In 2022, Elias portrayed his brother, Ezekiel, in a rivalry with Kevin Owens before it was cut short, and Elias returned as his traditional character. He was last seen in a battle royal on May 15, 2023's Monday Night Raw. I always hated Elias. <laughs> yes, he was like the opposite of Boogs. He he was yeah. a tryhard. <laughs> yeah, I always hated him when he would come out and play his guitar, I, and, I, and I hated even more when he would wrestle. <laughs> so I, was, I remember just being so glad because I knew because I knew that like cause he was jacked, so I was like, okay. There's a pretty good chance that he's not going to be around at XD for too long. They're just going to pull him up. And they did. And we didn't have to deal with him for that long. Correct. I, I feel like yeah. the, I only saw him on pay-per-views after that. And I don't even know that I saw him wrestle on pay-per-views. I feel like the only segment I saw was he came out and he played guitar and like sang a... It was like the acclaimed but bad. And then somebody broke his guitar. And yeah. that was Elias. Yeah, that was Elias. <laughs> Uh, AJ Topdala Francis, this is released, was also confirmed by Fightful. Francis returned to WWE in 2022 after being released by the company in late 2021. He was paired with Ashante V. Adonis and B-Fab on the SmackDown roster, turning heel midway through their run. He was last seen on TV, <laughs> losing to LA Knight on August 11th, WWE Friday Night SmackDown. This is like a man who, as far as I can tell, was completely talentless. Um, he was in a stable... Uh, in NXT with uh, where Swerve was their leader and then Swerve got cut and then they all got promoted to SmackDown and uh, I think that Swerve is uh, I think Swerve got the better end of that deal Is there fire at your house? I was lighting a candle Be chill <laughs> Chill You're uh, lighting a candle for the career of AJ Top Dollar Francis? No, I have no idea who this man was. I think you're 100% right, though. They cut Swerve and promoted these clowns. What are you doing? Yep. <laughs> what are you doing? Yep. But also, thank you, because now we get him. Yeah. Riddick Moss was also released by WWE. Uh, Moss joined WWE in 2014. He had only ever worked for WWE. He was called up to the main roster in 2019, winning the WWE 24-7 title shortly thereafter. He would later be paired with Baron Corbin as Madcap Moss. He was last seen in the promotion <laughs> on the September 11th episode of WWE Main Event, losing to Bronson Reed. Um, do you remember Riddick Moss? Wasn't he one half of the team that had the money, money come, money go or something? Yes, him and Tino Sabatelli. That's all I remember, yes. I worked that team because of their theme song. Yep, 100%. Um, he is engaged to Emma, so they both had a good day. Oh, that's so awful. Yeah. You don't yeah. want to work in the same company as your spouse, because this is what happens. Agreed. I, he, Moss is like, he has, he's, you know, he's a big guy with a good body. I can see him getting a look. I mean, they brought <clears throat> over Sabatelli. <laughs> they did, and then didn't he get in trouble for, like, leaking, like, results or something? Yes. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Shelton Benjamin was also released by WWE. Oh. Uh, during his most recent run, he was a tag team champion alongside Cedric Alexander as part of the Hurt Business. In the past, Shelton has been a former WWE Intercontinental and a former United States champion. Um, 
Shelton, I think he's like, you know, super athlete, but you know, the reality is he's 46 years old. Um, yeah. And I don't know. I mean, the WWE or AEW, they're, they're, they're good at using older talent, but like Shelton's not like a legend, you know, he was never like that level of star. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I don't. I don't know what I see for the future of Shelton Benjamin at this age. That's it's too bad. I mean, I remember seeing him in ROH way, way back, which is why. Oh I, yeah. I got excited, but then, as you said, that was a really long time ago. So he is. He's remember, an older gentleman. Remember how enormous he and Charlie Haas looked like up against like the you know the regular ROH roster. Yeah, <laughs> they were gigantic. Yeah. Uh do you think there's any hope of him being like an ROH legend or something similar? Well, yeah, maybe. I mean, God, you know, like, who knows? Like, anybody can work on that show. Um, <laughs> as we'll talk about later when I do my, my, my favorite segment of the show, running down last week's Ring of Honor results. <laughs> okay, guys, here's the big one. And I'm not, I'm not saving it for last because it's, it's not, you know, it was not last. But uh, here, I'll just say it. Here we go. Dolph Ziggler has also been released. Oh, holy shit. Fightful confirmed. But he lives there. <laughs> In his career, Ziggler held the WWE World Heavyweight Championship and was a multiple-time Intercontinental Champion and United States Champion. He had been portraying the Dolph Ziggler character since 2008 and was a member of the Spirit Squad before then. As somebody pointed out on Twitter today, Dolph Ziggler signed his WWE contract the year Friends went off the air. Oh, my God. That's crazy. So he's 43 years old. Mm. Um, he still looks great. He does not look 43. Um, I think. I think. Was it his brother? Yeah, you could mm. do something with you could do something with Ryan. Um, I think you could. I think he's probably got a. I think he's probably got a couple of years of like good athletic performances left and B I bet he's got a lot of fuck WWE in him right now yeah. where, where he'll want to prove where he'll, he'll feel like he has something to prove. Yeah. Let's kick the Hardys out. Bring <laughs> on the Nemeth brothers. Yeah. I'm for that. Mm-hmm. I'd much rather see Nick and especially, so I've really warmed to Ryan lately mm-hmm. on BTE. So, um, cause he's, he's on the picket line with his girlfriend for the, uh, WGA every week. Oh, that's sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I I also think Dolph um he's he's a good character. Like he seems willing to do whatever and commit to it in a way that uh you know not everybody is. So I think they could have a really fun brother tag team. Yeah. He was even willing to commit to fake storylines on Total Divas. Yeah. Look, he's all in. Like ooh, pardon the pun. <laughs> I will be I will be straight up dis- and I I've seen such Ziggler slander on uh, social media today but I will I will be straight up disappointed if we don't get a little bit of Nick Nemeth in AEW. Wait, yeah, why bring why him in. Because people are just like, oh, like he's, he's old, he sucks, like you know, why, you know, like we don't need they don't need him. They got too many people already. We don't need more WWE guys, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Whatever, he could be I fun. Think if you bring I on so. new guys, you just need to Cycle out some Hardys. Send the Hardys to Ring of Honor. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, let's see. The rest of these. 
Quincy Elliott confirmed their release on Instagram. Elliott signed with WWE in 2021 and had been part of NXT and NXT Level Up. They last wrestled on the July 21 episode of NXT Level Up. I have no idea who Quincy Elliott is. Never heard the name. Here's another one for you. Bryson Montana confirmed his release on Twitter. He last wrestled on the June 16th episode of NXT Level Up. He made his debut on NXT Level Up in May 2022. Have I told you about NXT Level Up? No, I have no idea what that is. It's mm-hmm. like NXT's developmental show. Wait, what? But yeah. NXT is a developmental show, I thought. Yeah. It's NXT's Not developmental... with Becky Lynch holding the title. That's it's true. NXT's developmental show that airs, I think it airs on Hulu. I think that's its, its home, and then it goes to Peacock, but uh, yeah. Okay. I've, I've like, Joe Gagne watches it, so I see, like, little notes on it on each week about what's going on on Level Up. And it's only 30 minutes long, and every once in a while I think, maybe I should watch Level Up, see what's going on over there. Yeah, it's with, like, the people who are too green for NXT. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Dana Brooke was also released on September 21. Oh, I just like Dana Brooke always. Wow. She had been a part of WWE since 2013, was called up to the main roster in 2016. During her time in WWE, she held the WWE 24-7 title 15 times. She was recently on WWE NXT on September 12th, losing to Lyra Valkyria. Okay. Please don't bring... (laughs) I I do not think Dana Brooke is is getting getting a look. Okay. She... How like how old is she? Because she too is has been around for a while, hasn't she? Like she's, she's younger than us. She's younger than us. Mm-hmm. Hot damn! Okay. Dana Brooke is will be thirty five this year. In wrestling years, though, you know people start to question it. But she could have a run. I'm not saying I want her here, but we did so just lose just, like do cartwheels or round offs or whatever she was she did. Yeah. Well, she's we lost Jade, and I'm not saying she's. Like on the same level as Jade, but she's another lady who can power lift. She doesn't I don't have know. the charisma that Jade has. No, no, she's not as good of a character. But you know, if or you want to, I mean, Jade had a look. Like I know her wrestling maybe wasn't always there, but like she had the look, she had the charisma. Dana Brooke has none of that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Jenny, that's a testament strange. to Jade. The fact that she's not good at the wrestling, which is kind of the big. Thing of being a wrestler, but I don't think Dana Brooke was good at the wrestling either. Yeah, I don't. I don't care either way if she shows up. I could just see Tony being like, "I lost one muscly lady. Time to bring in another one. I need a lady that can lift the others above her, her head, and I don't know, you know, bench press them." I think Chris Statlander tries to do that sometimes. I worry her knees are going to crumble. Yes. That's my only fear with Chris Statlander. I don't know if you felt the same way about Stone Cold Andy. <clears throat> Did you ever worry that with two braces on his knees, he was just going to have like a moment where they just collapsed <laughs> underneath him? Not really, because that's what the braces are for, to prevent that. Uh, I don't know. Okay, next up, Mace, huh? or Masse, as he was recently. Uh, was released as well. He had been a WWE Raw commentator as Dio Madden and a member of Retribution. Uh, and then his tag team partner, Mansoor, has been released by WWE. He signed to the company in 2018. Uh, I don't know. You might remember him, Megan. He was a Saudi Arabian. And that was like the big kind of 
thing they like took him to the Saudi show. Like for a while, it was like he would only be on the Saudi shows; he would win. And, yep. Like he'd very popular there, but then they'd never use him elsewhere. But he and uh, he and Massey formed a uh, male model tag team in recent times. <laughs> okay. Okay. Watch out! Pretty deadly is gonna be pissed about that. Okay, I'm just gonna speed around the rest of these. Shanky, who I like because he's a giant. Uh, Dabakato, Ulyssa uh, Leon, who I've never heard of. Daniel MacArthur, who I've never heard of. Kevin Ventura Cortez, who I've never heard of. Uh, Alexis Gray, who I've never heard of. And uh, that is it so far. So, Lord. so yeah, they're cutting like they're cutting some like pretty low hanging fruit as far as you know probably people they figure just they're never going to make it out of the performance center. So. That's true, but money-wise, you know, how much are you really saving on those NXT cuts? Every little bit helps in a, after a after a huge uh, multi-billion-dollar acquisition. I guess that I guess that's the way it is. Seems like it wouldn't help, but whatever. I think for sure that uh, like Dolph Ziggler is the most interesting name coming Dol- out of this, and yeah. he's probably the highest price point too. Yeah, so that's the thing, like. I think anybody, anybody in WWE right now who is over 40, has a big contract, and they haven't been doing much with, don't answer your phone. <laughs> That's JTD's That's method, JTD's, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Damn, why'd I answer my phone? <laughs> um, yeah, so that was, that was the big, uh, that was the big kind of day in WWE land today. Um, huge media rights deal and uh, a lot of a lot of cuts. I do think that them getting that big a rights deal, like, I mean, that means the bubble still is not burst, and I think that still is a good sign for AEW and future negotiations with uh, Warner Bros. Discovery. Yeah. 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 <sighs> Maybe Tony Khan will have to let a lot of people's contracts lapse, though, to save the stock. <laughs> well, luckily, they're not a publicly traded company. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, he doesn't have to worry about that yet. Okay. Yeah. Um, let's do Let's do Ring of Honor results. I love this. More um, names so, I don't know. Yay. So what is it? Today is the 21st, right? So yes. I'm looking for the 9-14 results. Oh, so more results are being formed as we speak. That's right, yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. This, is, this one's too long. <laughs> I, need, I just want something that says who won. Here's a okay, three-hour here. show. All right. Here we go. Okay. Uh, 9-14-23. Claudio Castagnoli defeated Rocky Romero to retain the ROH World Heavyweight Championship, I guess his last uh, successful title defense. Spoiler! Uh, Willie Mack and the infantry of Curly Bravo and Sean Dean defeated Kevin Koo and the Outrunners, Turbo Floyd and Truth Magnum. Uh, Mercedes Martinez defeated Zoe Sky. The Gates of Agony defeated Cole Radrick and Matt Brannigan. Sure. Darius Martin defeated Christopher Daniels. 
Okay. Shane Taylor defeated Lee Johnson. Okay, sorry, shoddy. Willow Nightingale defeated Lady Frost. Noise. The Goods, Josh Woods, defeated Dominic Greeny. Okay. Ethan Page defeated Griff Garrison. I was wondering if Griff Garrison was still in this company. He is. Good job, Ethan. Oh my god, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> totally forgot about him. The Workhorsemen, Anthony Henry and J.D. Drake, defeated the boys. Aw, the boys. And uh, I guess in the main event, A.R. Fox defeated Tony Nice. Okay, good job, A.R. You should defeat Tony Nice. Well, I mean, Tony Nice is a it's an incredible athlete. Look at him. Look at his abs. I mean, I think his problem is that he constantly wants to teach the crowd how to do workouts, and that really messes up his system. That's that's what gets you thrown out of battle royals. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Um. So Tony Khan was asked about uh, Jade Cargill, Ooh, and yeah. he was basically mm-hmm. like, "I can't really comment on that," which is his answer for everything. But he did say that uh, she would always uh, be welcome in AEW. Well, that's the right answer. Yeah. I hope they truly had, like, a mutually, like, genuinely nice parting. I mean, it is business. I think they did. I think I think they did. I mean, as a performer or person or employee, you are, like, supposed to be in a mutually beneficial yeah. environment with your employer or contract, whatever you know, yeah. contractor, and you're supposed to learn and grow from your experiences there, and then the employer is supposed to gain benefit from you learning and growing and performing your job effectively. So once you've learned and grown and performed your job, you should then be ready to move on to another position role, either within the company or within another company. Absolutely. And then and you should be able to come back if you had a if it's mutually beneficial for both of you. Once so you've like learned this stuff. <laughs> yeah. She'll learn stuff at WWE. She'll come back. Yeah, yeah. I think so. And I, th- I think that's how it should be. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Healthier industry and people are moving back and forth. Uh, ratings talk. Okay, it's a mixed bag this week. Rampage. Uh, Friday's episode of Rampage drew 335,000 viewers. Down 13% for the previous week um, and drew a 0.09 rating in 18 to 49, the lowest rating the show has ever done in its regular time slot. Good lord. Um, it did a couple of 0.07 ratings earlier this year, but those were weeks when it was moved out of its normal time slot. So, not what do you, good. What do you predict? Uh, you predict a, an increase or decrease for this Grand Slam rampage? Oh, I would say a big increase because they're actually like matches of consequence. I, I know it's two hours, so that'll like theoretically should like drag it down, but I think people will be more pumped to watch it. Okay, because yeah, like I w- I found myself getting kind of excited about the Rampage lineup, and well, that doesn't usually happen. So hopefully, yeah. others yeah, will exactly. as well. Yeah, and the benefit, you know, you're still going to have you're still going to have that big crowd in that big building. And I heard I, I did read anecdotally that. Uh, People were saying that, like, a lot of people stayed for the whole show. Oh, that's good. Way to go, New York. Like, 
And they were smart. They taped a couple of the Rampage matches before Dynamite. Mm. Good. Yes. Well, it's two hours. Make those people sit there for two extra hours. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, okay, uh, Collision. Saturday night's episode of Collision averaged 467,000 viewers on TNT, down just 2% for the previous week. Um, Collision drew a .15 rating in the 18-49, which is the same as last week. Um, TV charts, obviously, as, as this is just, you know, this would be the refrain for the rest of the, the, the season, uh, dominated by college football. Yeah. Um, so... Mm-hmm. And it had steady growth throughout the episode in terms of quarter hours and actually peaked for the main event. Uh, the three-minute overrun hit nearly 600,000 viewers for the ending of Chris Statlander versus Britt Baker. So that's a good sign. So wait, are they doing overruns like WWE now pretty consistently? Not all the time. Occasionally. They did it on last night, too, on Dynamite. Yeah. And... Finally, let's get this, uh, let's do this uh, Dynamite rating. Wednesday night's special Grand Slam episode of AEW Dynamite averaged 984,000 viewers, up 11% from last week. It's the best audience total for the show since February 22nd, the third highest of 2023 to date. Dynamite drew a .36 in the 18 to 39 demo. That's up 16% from last week and is the best rating the show has done in 2023 in that category. It's the best number Dynamite has done since September 14th of last year. Um, I'm curious what was Grand Slam last year? Like, how does it compare to last year's Grand Slam? Uh, so last year's Grand Slam was slightly higher in total viewers, but slightly lower in the demo. Okay. So they actually they were they were they did a point three five last year they did a point three six this year. Okay, that's 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 good. Nice. Yeah, especially since there are less cable homes this year yeah, than there were last yes. year. Yeah. Uh, ratings were relatively steady throughout the episode and peaked for the main event overrun, where nearly one point zero five million people saw the end of the AEW World Championship match between MJF and Samoa Joe. Uh, yeah. So. Nice. Pretty awesome. Yeah, and I, I think that's just you know that tells you if you if you build if you build to a show and you put a lot of good you know big matches on there people will watch. Yeah, and it, they delivered on what they built up to as well. That's important. But man, yes, I'm glad it it did good. Me too. All right, that just leaves the elite beat plug of the week, which we now uh, front load. Uh, yeah. So uh, for no particular reason. For no particular reason. <laughs> Jenny, would you like to uh, would you like to kick us off this week? Well, I'm going to plug Selling the OC on Netflix. <laughs> Is that like Selling Sunset? <laughs> it's the spin-off of Selling Sunset. Okay. <laughs> Guys. <laughs> I watched the first season of it. I I know. It's the second. It just <laughs> It just uh, dropped on on Netflix, and I've already watched the whole thing. Um, you know, you get to see really pretty real estate, and like, <laughs> you know, I looked up a couple times. There were very cool houses. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot. I like the 4K ness of it. Mm-hmm. There's like <laughs> some storyline, but I'm really just there for the prettiness. 
was going to say, you have to watch that show in 4K, right? I mean, it would be a crime not to. It, it, yeah, I don't know what the purpose would be watching it. In like on your iPad or something like yeah. that, yeah. That's it. So that's Selling the OC on mm-hmm. Netflix. Season 2, specifically. Season 2. I also watched Season 1, but that was last year when it aired. Okay. All right, Megan, how about you? Um, I've only been watching Star Trek The Next Generation. <laughs> I will continue to plug it. I'm so sorry to everyone who cares about my thoughts and opinions on anything else. Uh, I don't know if you're out there, but if you are, thanks, and I hope to get back to you soon. I'm on, I finished season five, so I've only got two left, and then I'll be done with this, this show. But, you know, I'll just go ahead and plug. I'm looking at... The end of season five had some real bangers, um, but I am going to plug specifically uh, the episode episode twenty five, the inner light. I thought it was really really good and really different, um, and I don't want to spoil it because the plot is like uh, Megan. I mean, it, it's it's a it's a thirty like a thirty some year old show. I yeah, think you okay. can, I think you can. All of our listeners are probably just getting exposed to it now from Megan. Okay. Yes, right. I'm the only Fair one enough. who's ever recommended it. Basically, though, um, uh, they run into a probe. Some weird things happen, but it's uh, it's probably like one of the most interesting ones thus far. So go watch it. Uh, and I'll be back with a season six reco next week. Don't you worry. All right, cool. Um, I guess I'll plug the only thing I have done, uh, have watched outside of uh, wrestling this past week was Galaxy Quest. Um, we watched that last Saturday. Inside, I have seen many rooms. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jenny. Uh, quoting uh, Enrico Colantani's uh, character, uh, his Thermian character. I can't even remember. His, what's his character's name? I can't remember. Anyway. I can't remember. Uh, he's a Thermian. I know that. But anyway, yes, a uh, kind of a lampoon of the original series of Star Trek. Uh, like, what if it were real? What if there were really things happening? Uh, and, the, and the cast of a TV show had to go fight uh, aliens. Uh, Wait. If it was based off of the original one, why didn't we watch it after the original movies? We were watching them uh, chronologically in the order they were released. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, yes, this is, I think, this is a legitimately great movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's Tim Allen's best performance by far. It's one of the only times I've ever liked Tim Allen. Uh, it's like this, and then the Toy Story movies are pretty much it. You weren't into Home Improvement growing up? No, I didn't really like it that much. I, w- I would watch it sometimes, but I was not a big fan. I'm a sucker um, for the Santa Claus, but only the first one. Mm-hmm. I think like how bad the second and third ones are sour me on like the whole franchise. I, but just, that's I don't unfair. think about those. I cu- it, yeah. I'm going to pull a Jenny and say, it ended at one. Yeah. Okay. All right. You can do that. I mean, <laughs> you can block things. It gets it gets harder now that they've rebooted as a TV series heading into its second season on Disney Plus. Well, but, why you can just ignore it? Well, you don't you have know, to engage I'm with it. I'm just saying when you go on when you go on Disney Plus, there's a splash page, uh, like promoting season two of the clauses. It's kind of it gets a little dicey, you know. Oh man, don't you ruin this for me? 
We're going to get to watch Netflix Christmas movies again soon. I don't know. I, th- I think they might have cut the budget this year because, like, I, don't, I haven't seen many, like, announcements yet. And usually they have all those lined up. What's Vanessa Hudgens up to? She she can't be doing other things. She has Jenny's to be in like, a Princess Switch Jenny movie. She looks, so, looks mad like she's mad at me. <laughs> like, I cut the budget for you Netflix's did. holiday. Aren't you a big producer stuff? or, like, a content person at netflix like last i heard you're in charge of stuff i am not reed hastings i i wish because i feel like there'd be more jenny content on netflix <laughs> if it was jesus uh <laughs> well let me just i'm just gonna google it right here netflix christmas movies 2023 let's see let's see maybe i'm wrong maybe there are some coming that'll that'll be good um maybe we'll get some holiday quality movies Oh, Holiday was like the worst movie I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, and I've seen some bad movies. Okay, there's something called Best Christmas Ever that has Heather Graham, Jason Biggs, and Brandy. Which Brandy? Which Brandy? The what, only, like the only Brandy one. Rhodes? No, the one name Brandy. Brandy had one name. Sitting up in my room, Brandy. Well, Brandy Monica. The boy is mine, Brandy. Yeah. No, I know that Brandy. I just, you know. She had her own uh, UPN show. It was called Brandy, wasn't it? Or no, Moni- uh, Moesha. Moesha, yeah. I knew it was one word, or one name. Um, something called uh, Meet Me Next Christmas. Oh. S- starring Christina Milan and... The band Pentatonix. What? It's, they, they do like Christmas music. I think they're like an electronic Christmas music band. What? They're like they're like Mannheim Steamroller for the modern age. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, Jenny, we've got some good ones coming your way. Don't worry about it. Where is Vanessa Vanessa Hudgenson and Lindsay Lohan? That's I am like slightly. I am slightly concerned that that we might not be getting any sequels this year. You know, because what am I gonna do? I don't. I don't know. Um, like I thought we were gonna get the the night before Christmas sequel this year. Finally, I don't think we're ever getting that. <laughs> I'm sorry. They built it up for his brother to have a quest. Yeah. They watched so. Netflix Christmas movies in the Netflix movie. <laughs> You have to give a sequel to a movie like that. I'm not seeing any really. Those are the only ones I'm seeing. There's got to be more than that, though, right? So can we still have our Netflix Christmas movie? Yeah, we can watch the old ones. But it's sad not to get a new one in there. I know. Well, we'll watch the one with with Brandy and Heather Graham. Don't cry, Jenny. (laughs) Jenny, it's September 21st. There's time. They can slap one of these things together in, like, 30 days or less. You gotta get the permits to film in Romania. (laughs) (laughs) Don't you mean, what's the fictional place? Something, Phobia or something? Aldovia. Are you okay, Jenny? This is why we do. This is why we do the plugs at the beginning because Jenny's gonna. She's in a place and she's eventually just gonna be like, "It's bedtime because I I'm gonna 
think about my Christmas movie sadness. I'm, it's, it's, yeah. It's real. I'm sorry, honey. <sighs> I'm sorry. And, uh, yeah, that's, uh, so watch... <laughs> Watch uh, Star Trek The Next Generation and Galaxy Quest on Paramount+. Plus. Hell yeah. And watch the uh, the Christmas Prince trilogy on uh, Netflix while you're at it. Get okay, the ratings for that up. What's, what, is, what is your favorite uh, Netflix Christmas movie, Jenny? Princess Switch 1. The Princess oh, Switch 1, okay. One. Megan, how about you? Are you in agreement? Yeah, I want to go with that one. I really... I, Vanessa Hudgens, she carries the weight, you know? My favorite is uh, another Hudgens classic, uh, A Night Before Christmas. You know, I really disliked it. Not disliked it actively, but, yeah. like, it wasn't my favorite the first time we watched it. Yep. Because I couldn't get over the fact that, like, they said he was going on a quest, but they never, like, defined what the quest was. It was mm-hmm. love. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> it was implied. It just wasn't defined. And then the second time we watched it, I really liked it. And that is definitely in my top three. I think... Christmas Prince 1 is probably number 2, and then A Night Before Christmas is 3. But I could probably switch those between each other, given my given the day. Okay. All right. Well, fair enough. Okay. Well, with that uh, completed, we've done all the uh, pre-Dynamite business. And Megan, um, I've got a couple of uh, injury updates to give you uh, throughout the... Uh, dynamite recap so oh, we, can, wow. we can we can go to that i'm happy to say well not happy that's the wrong word i was gonna say i'm uh happy to say i guessed them Ooh. <laughs> okay because i looked them up because i was like uh-oh yeah. <laughs> but i guess one chris statlander's knees totally <laughs> no she wasn't up? on the show okay <laughs> that would have been very disturbing but now we'll get to them Okay, so this is Grand Slam, Arthur Ashe Stadium, New York, New York. Crowd is hot. Uh, we open the show with a title versus title match between Claudio Castagnoli and New York's golden boy, Eddie Kingston. The crowd considers Claudio to be the big bad, and he plays it up pretty well. He keeps Eddie controlled and sort of like beaten down for the first half of the match. But then Eddie gets to make his hero comeback after the commercial break. The crowd goes wild. Um... But there is more back and forth before the end. There's a lot of near falls and a lot of chops. Claudio's chest looks horribly, you know, just bloody. Not like gushing like Jericho's was that one time, but it's gross. It's like hamburger. Um, But Eddie is the one who gets the win in his hometown. And the crowd is like, yay, Eddie. And uh, after the match, he actually offers his hand to Claudio. Or Claudio actually offers his hand. Eddie shakes it. And then Claudio just hands him the Ring of Honor World Championship title and walks away without any sort of conflict. So, mm. it's done. <laughs> They're done. It appears to be done. Um, great match. Great, clean finish. Um, Claudio took a bunch of those back fists and uh, finally fell prey to the uh, Toshiaki Kawada powerbomb uh, with, the, with the folding pin. I mean, guys... This is one situation where it feels like wrestling is fake. That someone could, like Eddie Kingston could defeat uh, Claudio <laughs> Castagnoli. I know what you're saying, but uh, 
Wrestling is fake, so that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> this was Superman. He just couldn't get it down here. Um, yeah. We did. We got Ian Riccoboni on commentary. I was like, "Yay, Riccoboni!" Uh, but then he left yeah, after this match. Well, yeah, his his work was his Ring of Honor work was done. It's true. Yeah. <sighs> so after uh, after that match, we get a video update on Roderick Strong's health that was filmed last week on Wednesday after his match against Mojo. <laughs> Roderick is laying in a hospital bed. He's got his. Uh, neck brace on i thought initially he was unconscious but he does move so i think his eyes are just closed the kingdom is sitting by his side matt taven very solemnly is praying with a rosary wrapped around his hands as if roderick's dying and mike bennett says you know we want to thank everyone for all the support and the cards they've sent to roderick and he reads one of them um it talks about neck health very important issue Pro-neck health. Yeah, very pro-neck health. And um, we're in the total, we just finished Total Bellows, so we are very (laughs) pro-neck health. I don't, what kind of psychopath is anti-neck health? That's my question. Steve. Oh, no. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Okay. Well, that says it all. Um, But yeah, so after they read the card, they're like, man... Uh, we're going to get up and go because they got to go to Grand Slam. And Adam Cole comes in and Roderick hears him and his eyes are closed and he starts to scream, Adam, Adam. And so Adam comes to his side and he's like, hey, buddy. And he, Roderick's like, I can't see you. And Adam says, open your eyes. And so he does and makes the connection. There's Adam and the kingdom are like, oh, good of you to show up. It's It's interesting that you're showing up right when we're leaving. And Adam's like. Uh, actually, I have to leave too, Roddy. Like, I just wanted to check in on you. But I, too, am going to Grand Slam. And Roderick's like, wait, what? And he's like, you know, I have to go support my friend MJF. And Roderick, he's appalled. He can't believe this. So Adam turns, and he pauses when he hears Roderick's bed start to move. It takes 10 full seconds for Roderick to get himself up into a seated position. And all he says is, just go. And then he lowers himself down 10 more seconds <laughs> And uh, it's the loudest bed, loudest hospital bed ever. But Adam looks guilty, but he still goes. This was so goofy. It reminded me of uh, the Cody Rhodes, <laughs> Kenny Omega deathbed. No, no, not the exorcism. It was when, like, when Kenny was on his deathbed because, uh, like, Cody had poisoned him or whatever. Mm. Uh it was. It had that same kind of energy to it, and I was like, "Well, that was a BTE sketch. This is like, it's on dynamite." Um, <laughs> also, like, why did Adam Cole show up at the hospital if he had to leave in like ten seconds? Just to say mm. a quick hey, just like, "Hey, buddy." <laughs> well, he he said a quick hey. That's for sure. <laughs> Rub some salt in the wounds by saying, "I got to go support my friend MJF, who's not in a hospital." Bye. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well. Uh, back in the main timeline here, Rene is backstage talking to Christian Cage and Luchasaurus. They have a match against Darby Allen and Sting on Rampage Grand Slam, so that's one to look forward to. Uh, Christian, he claims he's bored of Darby and ready to move on from him, but he also knows that Darby isn't going to give up until he gets a shot at the TNT Championship. So he proposes a uh, 
quote unquote three way match that he accidentally calls a handicap match because that's what it is um, on collision where he Luchasaurus and Darby will fight for the TNT championship and Sting will be banned from ringside. Um, Christian also reminds Darby to quote, bring the boy with him to grand slam because he's still obsessed with that, that orphan Nick Wayne. <laughs> he, he wants that. He wants to marry his mom. Well, not marry, but he wants his mom. So that's what Christian's up to. Luchasaurus seemed totally fine, like just listening to Christian call himself the TNT champion. He, he doesn't. Does. Yeah, he's not gonna. He's not gonna do anything to beat him. So uh, after that, we've got the only non-title match of the night. We got Chris Jericho versus Sammy Guevara, and from the moment Sammy walks out, uh, the story he's telling is basically that he looks up to Jericho and wants to emulate him. He comes out wearing a light-up vest as an homage to Jericho's light-up jacket. And oh, yeah. th- throughout the match, he uh, he hits a couple of Jericho's own moves. Like, I think he hit the Codebreaker and the Lion Tamer. Um, this Codebreaker looked really good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah unfortunately, though, he, w- he was not able to get a win over his mentor. Um, Jericho actually beat him by doing... Sammy did like a uh, shooting star press yeah. off yeah, off the top and Jericho codebreakered him. <laughs> and it really looked like he could have killed Sammy, but it was awesome. Um, so that was the it pin. It was really cool. Yeah. It was really, really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, after the match, Jericho, he, he offered his hand to Sammy and Sammy shakes it and Jericho pulls him in for a bro hug and it looks really nice. Like, you know... Like one of those matches where they break character and it's just like, we did it, guys. This was the best. And then Sammy starts to leave and he turns and gra- like pulls Jericho and kicks him in the balls. And and the crowd's pissed. They can't believe this happened. And then to, to make it even worse, Don Callis walks out to the ring, puts his arm around Sammy, and uh, they walk to the back together. Because apparently Sammy has create or committed the ultimate betrayal and uh, aligned himself with Don Callis. Yeah. Um, boo. <laughs> oh no, I, I I think this is like a, a good role oh, for Sammy. I I know. I'm just boo because okay. Don Callis gets all the boos. Yeah. He he does, and he deserves them. So yeah. Um, after that, we switch gears and we see a video of MJF and Adam Cole arriving at the arena earlier in the day together. Uh, they roll up in an insane green Ferrari. MJF gets out and immediately cuts a promo on Samoa Joe. He tells Joe he really messed up when he tried to take away the AEW World Championship and when he hurt his best friend, Adam. And right about this time, Adam gets a phone call. And he picks it up, rude, and it's Roderick. And MJF kind of looks like, hey, man, what are you doing? And Adam just, he assures him, like, don't worry, I got your back tonight. Don't worry. And then he kind of walks away to take care of whatever's happening. He He's yelling, Roddy, you're not going to die, dude. And he just leaves the screen. And MJF, he looks a little unsure, but he he's like, I'm going to kill you, Joe. And then, you know. <laughs> so he recovers, kind of. Yeah. Um. But back to the show, 
uh, Renee has chased down Don Callis and Sammy in the hall backstage because she's a good journalist. And she asks Sammy if this is all if this all but confirms that he's joined the Don Callis family. Before he can answer, Don cuts him off and basically says, like, Renee, don't you worry about that. All will be revealed on Rampage. So, you know, I guess we'll see Friday. Um, Don and Sammy continue to walk down the hall, but they don't get far before they cross paths with Daniel Garcia. And, you know, Daniel and Sammy used to be friends. Uh, Sammy was mentoring him in a way. And Daniel gives him like a an up and down look. And uh, Sammy's like, what's up, dude? What do you want? And then Don steps in and says, come on, come on, let's keep going. And he does say, like, he looks at Dick Garcia and says, this kid's money. Don't worry about it. And they walk away. Yep. Yep. So. I think Garcia's going babyface. I think the I think the, the dance is too over. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, he doesn't look like he... he I think look... he's more likable than Sammy, just naturally. Yeah, and he definitely didn't look interested. Yeah. So, we'll see if he tries to convert Sammy, maybe save him from this cult, but for now. Um, Alright, next up we get into, I'm going to say the first injury of the evening. Uh, we've got John Moxley taking on Ray Phoenix, defending his AEW International Championship. Um, this one starts out, I think, injured because, like, before the bell even rings, Phoenix, he jumps off the stage over a cameraman and hits Moxley in a way that it looked like, oof, that wasn't a good landing. And then it kind of was like a, a I, weird start. I think what hap- yeah, I think what happened is Mox caught him, but as he was taking the bump for the catch... He smacked his head on the floor. Oh. Yeah. That's what it looked like to me. Oh. And I think he was like, I think he was kind of out of it at that point. They got it together. I think yeah. they had a really good match, although I don't even want to critically assess it at all because, I mean, it's un- I feel like it's unfair to. Um, but then at the end, Mox called a finish. He called for the title change. He was not supposed to lose this match. I didn't um, think he was. He, I think he was. I think he was feeling out of it. He called for a title change. Phoenix hit him with his finisher. Um, some people have said like, "Oh, that's where the injury occurred." I don't think that's true. I think the. I think the. I think the finish was safe. Um, Rick Knox held up. Did not count to three. Um, Knox got pissed. Uh, Phoenix hit him with the move again, and the second time, uh, uh, Knox counted to three. New international champion Ray Phoenix, who was not supposed to walk out of that building with the title. Zero yeah. fucks. <laughs> um, so Moxley knew that he was going to be out for a while. Is that why he I, called the I mean, change? I don't know. I, like, honestly, like, I, like, Mox could probably get away with it because he's a top star. But I also don't know if I would be, like, taking directions from someone who was, <laughs> was like, concussed. Um, yeah. But they did. And now Ray Phoenix is the international champion. <laughs> and when is, um, like... Is Moxley actually hurt? Like how word, long will he Word out? is the fear was a mild concussion. Oh. Yeah. I mean, so, maybe. You know, there's no telling. It's whenever he gets cleared. Maybe he, uh, like, called the ending because he was 
I don't know. Like, he's concussed. Maybe it was, like, I can't, like, physically, like, make this look like a good ending. You know, like, maybe he was just like, I gotta end this now. But, man, that sucks. It was it was weird. The crowd was pissed because Rick Knox didn't do the, uh... Like, I thought you had said one time in WWE, the policy is, like, if somebody's supposed to kick out and they don't, you just, like... Yeah, refs are supposed to call it, like, a shoot. But that's not that's not the policy in AEW. So it's not Rick Knox's fault. Well, no, but it just, it looks so weird that he was, like... Mm-hmm. He stopped, and the crowd's like, boo! Because it's like... Yeah, no, for sure, yeah. And God. Rick Knox has taken a lot of heat online today, and it's not fair. That's because people are used to the way WWE does things, so that's not the way AEW does things, you know? Yeah, yeah. Ugh. Rough. All around, so... Well, congratulations, not, Ray Phoenix. Had some, like, other, you know, mess-ups in the past, you know? This was not one of them. Well, I'm not saying it was, I'm just saying that. Yeah. You know. Internet loves to hate Knox. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that that's rough. Uh, after that, we uh, we go to Samoa Joe. He's got a promo. He's hyped for his match with MJF tonight. And he says he's going to finish what he... Uh, er, taking what he started two years ago from MJF, but this time it's not his future, it's his championship. So, Joe's confident, as you'd expect. Mm-hmm. Um... We all follow that up with a quick video for, I guess, what's going to be an eight-man tag match on Rampage. We heard from the Hardys, the Kingdom, Best Friends, and the Righteous. Uh, four, four-way tag match. It's uh, the winners get a shot at uh, Max and Adam at uh, at uh, Wrestle Dream. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. Sorry. Which is weird because it means that uh, for the second pay-per-view in a row, uh, the AEW world title will not be on the line. Oh, that is weird. Yeah. Hmm. Unless they do a thing again, like they did it all in, where Max has to wrestle twice, but I don't think they're going to do that. Yeah, that's a lot. And risky. Hmm. True. After seeing this show, I, I, feel like, risky. I feel like they're hinging a lot on Daniel Sanders' Zack Sabre Jr., which I don't know. I mean, that I, that's a match for the hardcores, but... I mean, I don't think you're casual. I, I hate to even say casual fan, but like, I don't think, I don't think the kind of fan that makes the difference between like a big AEW pay per view buy level and a average one knows or cares about Zack Saber Jr. Here's the thing: Adam Cole and MJF are the hottest thing right now. So as long as you have that match, you don't need the world title match, in my opinion. Wait, wait till you hear who they're defending those titles against. Oh no! Yeah. Oh, you already you got the spoiler. Wait. Yeah. Who? Oh, can I hear? Her? Yeah, Megan. Megan, do you want to do you want uh, me to uh, protect you from the spoiler? Eh, I don't care. I'll still watch. They are okay. So okay, audience listeners who like skip thirty seconds uh, for the reveal and the uh, reaction to it. Uh, they are defending the titles against the righteous. Oh my fuck. Oh my god. Boo. I thought it was perfectly set up for them to like do a do a match against the kingdom. Um which is not still not like a peer review draw, but at least it goes along with the with the story that they've been telling. But no, it'll be it'll be the righteous uh getting the ROH tag title shot. Stop trying to make the righteous happen. (sighs) Yeah, why are we trying to make the righteous happen? That's the question. Yeah. Okay. Well that's fine. 
Oh, well, moving on then, we have the AEW Women's World Championship match. It is Soraya defending against Tony Storm, whose new entrance is incredible. Love it so much. Mm-hmm. She is a it's Hollywood starlet. Yes. Um, Black and Tony- white. Yeah, kind of like, not slow motion, but I don't know what you call it. It's like the old-timey film sort of. Mm. Herky jerky. Yeah. 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 It's good stuff. Um, Tony is incredible, and I'm, I'm kind of sad <laughs> that she did not, in fact, win. But she, uh, at one point, threw shoes. <laughs> oh my gosh, my dog is so uncooperative. She at one point <laughs> threw shoes at Ruby Soho, who accompanied Soraya out. And she used a pump that she had stuck in her, like, in the back of her um, trunks and hit Soraya with it. It did not lead to the pin, but I just love that she's using the shoes both in the ring and out of the ring. And uh, it just doesn't work out for her. Soraya won, and Tony was left uh, left without the belt. I think that's kind of surprising, right, Andy? You thought You thought... It was going to change. I may have thought it was going to change. Yeah, I don't, I don't recall from last week, but uh, but I I certainly thought uh, there was a good chance. Yeah, I remember talking about how it was a big moment for Soraya at Wembley, but that long term it would make more sense to put it on Tony. But maybe yep. maybe not yet. I guess. Not yet. Uh, despite that, still, Tony Storm's amazing. Love her. Um, she looked pretty dismayed that she lost. So I'm sure we'll get a, a sad promo from her. Maybe an interview with Renee where she throws a shoe. We'll see. Mayhaps. That'll be it. exciting. Watch out, Renee. She throws them harder each time. Um, with that, we, we are at the main event. It is the AEW World Championship match. Samoa Joe is challenging MJF. He's convinced he's going to take that title. Uh, they do run over a little bit, but it is a very good, very hard-hitting match. I mean, it's Samoa Joe. Um, at one point, MJF does try to use the Dynamite Diamond Ring to cheat, and the crowd is totally on board with it. They are like not upset that this is their this is their scumbag. And uh, he unfortunately gets caught by the ref, so he can't do that. But um, but Joe gets him in the coquina clutch, and he, he appears to pass out. So the ref, you know, holds up his hand, counts to one when it hits, holds it up, counts to two when it hits again. And then Adam Cole runs out, and this is injury number two, people. He, uh, he pulls a CM Punk almost, not into the crowd, but he jumps off the stage and... Uh, I think something must have happened to his foot because he's he limped the rest of the time like, he was on screen. <laughs> I was. It looked to me like he like must have like rolled his ankle or sprained his ankle or something. Oh my god! So are they not going to have the match then at the pay per view? I don't know. All I know is he was taken to the hospital. Um, <sighs> I the, nobody's heard anything today. I think you know. I mean, if it was like if it was like a torn ligament or a break, I think we'd like. You can find that out pretty quickly, you know. Uh, yeah. So hopefully it was just like a sprain. Oh, and God. But, but 
What? It's the only thing I care about right now. Yeah, well, the pay-per-view is still 11 days away, you know? So. Yeah, he can he can ice it. But yeah, also it was... Tag match. You can just, like, hide him on the apron for most of it. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was just unfortunate, because it was like, uh-oh, did something happen? And then he was on the outside for the rest of the time, and he was basically hyping Max up so that he could escape that coquina clutch. Um, but yeah, when he jumped in the ring to... To congratulate Max on his win, um, which Max got by cheating, he he and Adam they Adam distracted the ref who got like kind of knocked out of the ring initially, and then MJF pulled off the tag rope and used it to choke out Joe, and the ref didn't see it. MJF like sort of tucked it under between his like arm and his body, and then when his hand was lifted in victory, it fell, but. He like sort of hugged the ref to move him out of the way, and Adam ran in and grabbed that rope. So Adam's fully on the cheating train here. Um, and Joe also did not appear to realize what had happened because after the match, he shoved Adam out of his face, but he did offer his hand to MJF to shake, and MJF shook it, and then Joe just walked away without issue. Yeah, I did love the handshake at the end because um, I want this to continue. Because this is one of my favorite matches of the entire year. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I guess probably after the Danielson match, maybe my favorite MJF match ever. Uh, I think Samoa Joe has been reborn, basically, <laughs> since coming back from uh, like filming that, uh, that TV show. Mm-hmm. And I think he's on one of the best runs of his career, which is incredible when you think about it. Uh, and he looked, he looked like an absolute monster. He took like 90% of this match. Uh, I think there was more to do with this. So hopefully like maybe the, maybe it's just like a false, you know, a false alarm with the, uh, with the handshake and he'll come back and beat up Max again or something. Um, because I, I loved this so much. And I thought Max was Max in his hometown getting to do all those like big baby face comeback spots was really awesome too. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought I thought the match was great. I was confused by the handshake. I'll I'll have to say because it just seemed out of character. You know, just I, just leaving out the fact that we want this to go on, it just it didn't seem like something. Yeah. Either of them would do. Also, it just like you know, we, we had just seen it in the opener with Claudio and Eddie too. So it, it just felt like it's what you know. That's one of those little quality control issues that we always talk about with AEW where. There's a lot of repeating stuff throughout shows, especially on pay-per-views. You'll see a lot of like kind of similar finishes and things like that. You know, it's just yeah, yeah. But hey, I, I can't take away from the match. I thought it, I thought the match was sensational. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, also, I forgot to mention just a fun little thing at the beginning when Joe was walking to the ring. Like they caught him backstage, and he had the he was flanked by security guards the same way he was when MJF was. In NXT and was his security guy. Yeah. So it was a callback. And then MJF did the. He did an homage to. What's the football guy where they're like in the tunnel. And the kid's like hey. And then the guy like tosses him his shirt. No. No actually Megan. This was an homage to a uh, to an old Bret Hart commercial. Oh. Uh, oh. From like the from the early 90s. Oh yeah. I remember that now. They sh- I think they show it in uh, Wrestling with Shadows. Yes, that 
that's yeah. the only place I would have seen it. <laughs> yeah. Because it's the corniest shit ever, so of course you remember it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, MJF added his own twist where he whispered something to the kid, and it wasn't anything, like, encouraging or wholesome. It was that he was adopted. So. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, that was that was Grand Slam. I thought it was like a really good show. I kind of love the pay per view pace of it, as you had you had mentioned to me when you said it would be a quick recap. Um, I don't know. I just like just like getting through matches. You know, not a lot of fluff. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, yeah, so I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to uh, to watching. Uh, the rampage portion and uh, even collision. I'm like, I'm hyped for uh, Jay White and Andrade and the return of Rob Van Dam to uh, AEW. <laughs> yes. As they promoted. So, yeah. Is Emma going to be a rampage baby again? Uh, no, I do not want Emma up at the past 10 PM. <laughs> I thought it could maybe be like a Saturday morning rampage baby. Unfortunately, we got we got plans Saturday morning. I don't know when I'm going to find time to watch the show, um, but uh, I'll, I'll get around to it. Uh, and I hope that you all get around to listening to another edition of the Elite Beat. Elite Beat. Elite. Elite Beat. Elite. You can't do the original one anymore. <laughs> you broke her brain. <laughs> Megan? E, leap beat. E, E, leap beat. Oh, I'm so embarrassed. Just like Grover.